following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, October 9th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 41. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We've got so much to talk about today. We've got a little bit of news here heading into the show, so uh, we're going to spend quite a bit of time talking about Tyron Smith and what that means for the rest of this team for the rest of this season. Uh, we'll also get you guys uh, ready for Cowboys versus Giants. We'll talk a little bit about the offense versus the Giants defense and also Cowboys defense versus Giants offense Um, and uh, then we'll get some predictions see how these guys think the game will play out this Sunday at 3.30 at AT AT&T Stadium we got to start though with Tyron Smith Um, during his press conference this morning Mike McCarthy made it clear I guess made the announcement uh, that it is now official that Tyron Smith will have surgery on his neck and that means he will be lost for the season that now makes two offensive linemen Cowboys were expecting to have two of their better offensive linemen they were expecting to have that are now out for the year when you include Lyle Collins. If you want to go back to last year, three starters that are now no longer going to be on this team for the rest, or at least playing for this team for the rest of the year when you throw in Travis Frederick. That all being said, I want to get reactions uh, to this news. Let's start first with you, Nick. I hope he's okay. You know, I hope he's okay for not just not playing, but you know, this is he's at a point in his career, and that's a that's an injury. That you don't want to mess around with. Of course, uh, he's done everything that one individual can do. They haven't been to the Super Bowl, of course, but he's done as great as you know. He's had a phenomenal career. Uh, I'm not saying he's done. I hope he's okay. I hope this is just a setback for this year to get back and get ready to go. Yes, they're going to miss him. I'll let them talk about you know how much he's going to be missed. But I just for his sake, man, I hope. I hope he can come back. I hope he can come back next year, and this will be, he'll be better for this uh, surgery. Amber. Well, you know it's something serious when it gets to the point where they decide to get him to get surgery because a guy like Tyron, I mean, he he's one of the toughest players I've ever seen in the time that I've been following football. I mean, he it's amazing the things that he's been able to endure endure and then go through so i know that it must be pretty bad that to the point that it's gonna end the the rest of the season for him being submitted to a surgery but like nick said i i do hope that it's not something that it's completely just career ending i know that this is something that tyron has been dealing with not just the neck but just his back in general he's been dealing with for several years so hopefully it's he's able to make it through and come back next year better dave in a weird way i'm kind of relieved uh and i don't i mean obviously it sucks that tyron can't play uh it's going to be a challenge you know you got what two starts out of him so you got to make your way through 14 games without one of the best two or three left tackles in football but it's kind of a relief just that you know, hopefully he feels better. Hopefully he can get this taken care of and and play a few more years where he's relatively healthy. Because this guy's just been in pain for like five years. Like, and you know, we're in the locker room, we're around the team. Like, I don't, you know, it's Romo esque the way that this guy has just dealt with nagging problems and it's been five years at this point. So I'm relieved that he's gonna hopefully get it taken care of. In the lineup, but in a weird way, it's kind of a relief on the Cowboys' end that, you know, you're not going to wake up on Sunday and be like, oh, crap, it's flaring up on Tyron again. We're going to have to downgrade him. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not trying to talk tr- trash on Tyron. I know he works as hard as he can to get in the lineup, but you just kind of have some certainty that he is down and, and not part of this season anymore, and you don't have that uncertainty. Let's talk about what this means for this offense. Um, we've looked at the Cowboys now through four games, and I think we all agree they are a high-powered, very potent offense. And some of that they've had to do without Tyron. 
The one thing I look at, though, is I, I think they've only, and you guys may have a difference, a difference of opinion here, but I think they've faced two premier pass rushers so far this year, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett. Both of them had their way with this offensive line. They had moments in, the, in those games when they created problems for this offensive line. As you get farther into the season, you're going to face some better defenses at times. That pass rush, you can think what you want to think about Washington's defense, but their pass rush is outstanding. They got some real good players up front that can rush the passer. You look at defenses like Baltimore, and uh, and I think that there are going to be some some challenges for this offense. How much do you guys think this changes how potent this offense can be with now the loss of Tyron Smith for the year. Not just for a couple games, not just for a half, but for the entire season. Let's start first with you, Dave. I mean, they haven't they've had Tyron for half of these games. And in the ones that they didn't have him, they still looked plenty potent to me. And I mean, it, of course it's going to be a problem. Of course, it's going to suck. Uh, you know, they they have played a couple of premier pass rushers, but they've also gotten a little bit lucky in the sense that Seattle and Atlanta don't they don't have that. Mm-hmm. The Giants aren't going to have that on that level this weekend. But let's talk after that Washington game uh, where they've got about 95 badass pass rushers. <laughs> so, yeah, there there's going to be there's going to be some rough patches for sure. But um, they've at least shown that they can still put up yards and points without these guys in the lineup. So. There's going to be some moments that scare me and should scare everybody, but I don't I don't think it's going to be so bad that they're going to revert to looking like, you know, like 2018 prior to the Cooper trade. I think they can still, you know, be efficient. Amber. I agree. I, I, we've seen it happen. I mean, we've seen a game where they had to play without Tyron, and they've made it work. My only concern would be just how- – let the off clean up your game clean it up from the beginning you need to start moving the offense from the beginning of the game and not wait until something that you mentioned Derek about a week ago you know the question is like okay are they playing better maybe because the defense is starting to get tired a little bit and kind of loosening up during the game so you cannot let that happen you need to find a way to figure it out from the beginning of the game first half of the game and get it moving because it's not always going to work out as we've seen it doesn't matter how much they try to come back it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to walk out of that game winning but to go back to your question uh we've seen it happen so they i I do think that they're capable of making it work well i think it's going to be a problem in the run game i mean just because and, and it has been a problem you can figure out a way to offset a pass rush and by just throwing the ball quickly and get it out of your hands and and maybe help chip and all that stuff but when it comes to actually trying to run the ball on people you know we forget that about tyron smith not forget but i think that his his athletic ability for his size is something that we always talk about but he's got power too of course and and he he helps in that run game and i think that they're just going to miss that you know just like they they miss lyle collins is, is power as well so that's where and that affects their balance and and we've talked about this before you get down in the red zone you have a sometimes it's harder to, to run the ball in their short yardage i think that's just they're going to continue to miss it. and she just says clean it up that sounds good but you were talking about players that are now inexperienced and and their game isn't clean you know because they're young they're rigged, they just got they just got here um you know it sounds like they're going to st- I don't know who's going to start this week, but it sounds like it could be a guy that you know has bounced around on practice squads that might be starting this week. Yeah, let's before we get to that, I do want to talk about where we think this this thing falls as far as who's going to be playing at what position. But I do want to get opinions from Dave and Amber regarding what you just talked yeah. about. How much does this affect the running game? Do you th- which do you think is more affected by the loss of Tyron Smith for the season, the pass game or the run game, Amber? I think definitely the running game, uh, I mean, we've seen them being able to to get the passing game going. But as far as the running game, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been able to be as productive as he's been in in previous years. And obviously that's something that that they are lacking in in himself too. Obviously these errors where he gets the ball loose and all that, I think that's something that he can clean up himself. And then as far as the running game goes, once I truly believe that once they solidify the offensive line, and I know that there are some inexperienced guys or just not the amount of experience as your previous starter tackles that you had before, but 
Um, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. Basically, what I'm trying to say, once you figure out and clean up the offensive line, solidify it, I do think that eventually it's going to take a couple of weeks for Ezekiel Elliott to be able to get his running game back into place and be able to be a little bit more productive than what we've seen so far. Dave? No, it's actually it's a really good point, and I hadn't... I hadn't considered it because I'm. I just want to wing it around all the time. So yeah, it's it's probably gonna not be great. Uh, you're gonna miss that, but just throw the ball. Zeke's a great pass protector, so that should help you out in that regard. Uh, I, I mean, I I have absolute faith that the passing game can still be uh, can still be viable. I'll be interested to see what the running game can get going with so many moving parts. I I would expect it to to not look amazing. You know, I just thought of this. You you might actually might help your run game just from the fact that you're going to help your tackle, whoever it is. I mean, I think Blake Bell's going to get more snaps this week. You're going to keep the tight ends in more, and by doing that, you might see more looks on your defensive front on the uh, defense to to run the ball. You know, by doing that, because then you're going to have better blockers in, in place to help. But then you know, Dak might look at it and go, "We should just change this into a draw or run here." And, and so, therefore, you might see that because of the fir- personnel they're forced to play to help. Yeah, that, that could happen. I, I, the one part that I'm a little bit concerned about when it comes to all of this is I think the best thing that the Cowboys passing ga- game does is go downfield. That's the part that they can create these really big plays and they can quickly get back into a ball game that they fall behind in because they have that ability to go downfield. If teams look at this and say, hey, they don't have the time to be able to go downfield, or if we got a good enough pass rush to where we don't give them the time to go downfield, what you do is neutralize what the Cowboys do best in their passing game, in my opinion. And if you do that, that makes it tough on you on both sides because not only will you not be able to do what you do best in the passing game, but teams don't have to worry about the deep ball as much. That means they can bring that safety down. That means they can stop the run. They got an extra guy to stop the run. So I, I think all the way around, that's what I'll be playing, I'll be looking at is can the Cowboys keep that part of their offense still flowing? Can they still go downfield and utilize a guy like Michael Gallup in those moments in games when they, they're going to go downfield? And if they can't do that consistently, I think that's going to be one of the linchpins that could really, really hurt this offensive line, this offense. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the offensive line and how you think it'll be constructed. Um, and I want to look at this from a couple different perspectives. Um, obviously, this morning on on, uh, on the radio on 105.3, the fan here locally, Jerry, uh, mentioned something and kind of hinted around at the possibility of Zach Martin moving to tackle. Um, let's talk about, first of all, what do you think the Cowboys will do? Not necessarily what, we, what you want to see. What do you think the Cowboys will do for this week? On the five positions on the offensive line, let's start. Let's start first with you, Nick, since you're having so much consternation over there. I, I mean, it, it's really tough. The only thing I think you can just hang your hat on is to say that Tyler Biotish will be at center. Yeah. I mean, everything else is really up in the air. I think we know, though. I mean, um, I would guess. I'll take a stab at it. I mean, I think it's going to be Brandon Knight left guard, left tackle, uh, Connor left guard, Biotis at center, Zach at right guard, and then a right tackle. Let me get my coin out and uh, flip here. Um, Sanat, maybe, because, because Jerry mentioned him on the radio. And I just think that they do watch tape and they see Steele. I just can't imagine Steele being the starter, but I think he will be. You think Steele's going to be the starter? Still Steele, for mm. now. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I don't love it. Huh? I mean, you know what I heard about Sanat was what? like, man, he's a really good basketball player. And I'm like, well, you know, they're not playing the Mavericks this week. They're, they're actually playing, you know, the Giants. I don't know what that helps you, but but uh, athletic, I get it. Yeah. Parnell type, athletic, you know, good quick feet and all that kind of stuff. Amber, what do you think the five this weekend? I mean, I, I I would agree with Nick and say the same thing. I don't obviously want to put I don't want to put Steele out there. But <laughs> as far as the other guys, you obviously the Cowboys are gonna know more than we do. But me personally, I, I don't I can't speak much about the other guys that they brought in because I haven't seen any. I, I haven't been able to see much from them. So. It's going to be tough. I mean, do you go with the guy that you haven't really played just yet? Or do you go back to what you already know? It's like pick pick with your poison. Which one do you prefer? Do you take a risk and, and plug the new guy in and just see how it works? Or do you go back to the chance of 
hoping that Steele just plays a little bit better than he's done in the previous games. But as of right now, I, that's a tough question. I, I really don't know. I, I, I see every possibility as, a, as something that could happen because we've seen that McCarthy is not afraid to plug a guy in and it doesn't matter if like, oh, this was the starter last week. He, he, he doesn't care. He's going to switch it up if he needs to. Dave. Don't sell yourself short, Amber. You like to think that the Cowboys know better than you, but everybody in America <laughs> wanted Brandon Knight at right tackle last week, and they went with Terrence Steele, and they admitted they were wrong after about 15 snaps. Um, I, don't, I mean, it, it's impossible to predict who plays right tackle unless you're allowed at practice, which we are not. Uh, it'll be, I, think, I do think they're going to try to stick with an actual tackle at tackle for as long as possible. It might be Steele. It might be Jordan Mills. It might be uh, Greg Sanat. I, I don't have a feeling. I know for a fact that they've tried all three. Like, all three of them are, are getting reps. I think they're going to try one of them, and Zach is going to be your, your break glass in wow. case of emergency. And if that happens you probably plug Connor McGovern in at right guard since Joe Looney's hurt. So, I mean, I, I don't know who will get the start, but I would guess they're going to try to stick with the tackle. It, it, it's amazing that you're going into this game and there's four legitimate options to play right <laughs> tackle. Three of them that Dave you know, just mentioned, and, and I didn't even throw Jordan Mills out there, who's played the most of anybody. He's yeah. played for the Bills. Um, and, you know, he, he was actually here for like, a few hours back, I don't remember what year. Uh, nobody remembered him except Rob Phillips, who remembers everything, and he he did remember. I him think here. it was 2015, but yeah, yeah, which is the year that everyone tried to forget. Um, but I just think that there's so many options there, and and yeah, Dave said it best. These are the three, and then because it is a Rob Peter to pay Paul type situation, if you move. Zach Martin out to tackle, and then you have the guard because now you're going to put a guard in there that's never played. So. Yeah, I mean, you look at Jordan Mills. I have a Mills. question. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, I was going to ask, whatever happened I, uh, to Ron Leary? I know he came in and was looked at and all that, but I never heard anything actually happening with that. Is that, you know, I know you weren't necessarily looking for a guard, but at the same time, if you think of moving uh, Sag Martin maybe to the tackle position, maybe Leary is an option at guard. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I really don't know why it, it broke down. I don't know if it was money, if it was not a good fit, if it we wasn't in good shape. I, I or don't it might really have just know. been time, and they were like, uh, right now we'll hold still, and we know that that's in our back pocket, and maybe now they got to go to their back well, pocket. Well, okay, they are going to do this, and this isn't their back pocket. This is a side pocket, I guess. I don't know, but they're going to bring Adam Redman in. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. Wish I could see the look I get, Derek here. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, side pocket. Why not? He's been here. He's 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 played. He's played different <laughs> positions. I think he's actually played some center. I think he's center guard. Yeah. yeah. So it, you know, it's just, it's more of a backup. I mean, I think yeah. he's here. But of course, now you know you have to you have to be on the radar for two months before you can get. Some, I mean, no, it's yeah. six days. But I think I think he's going to be in the COVID protocol for, for to. To get you know, take the test so he can be ready, ready to play. I mean, at this point, when I look at this team, I'm I'm just like, okay, you got a guy like Jordan Mills who has played a lot, yeah. And on an offensive line where that's a premium right now, I, I would personally say throw Jordan Mills out there if you want to keep, if you want to keep Zach where he is, and you don't want to create, you want to create as little extra movement as possible. I think you go with Brandon Knight at left tackle and I think you put Jordan Mills in there at right tackle and see how that goes. If something should fall apart and it doesn't work, then I would not have a slightest hesitation in moving Zach Martin. And then let's see what this guy who you had a second round grade in, Connor McGovern, what can he do at guard? I just want to see. I know that they may be seeing him every day in practice. I just want to see. What can he do? Also, real quick, I know we go to break, but Cam Irving is also going to mix into this. Not this week, but it sounds like next week he could be there as well. But again, again, Cam Irving, the same Cam Irving who the Cowboys decided Terrence Steele should play over him. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take our first break. When we come back, let's talk about Cowboys versus Giants. We'll hit the offense. We'll hit the defense. We may even have a question on special teams. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. 
Dr. Pepper and cream soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and cream soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So, as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines. You are why we fly. Back to the break. Help your fellow Cowboy Nation fans in their fight against cancer by purchasing Dallas Cowboys Crucial Catch gear. Support a great cause and look good doing it. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the show live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We've talked about Tyron Smith and the offensive line and what that will mean for this offense. Now let's focus in a little bit on this upcoming game. Cowboys take on the Giants this Sunday, 3.30 at AT AT&T Stadium. Let's first start by... Can I say something real quick about Tyron Smith? Sure. Amber alluded to it, but I just want to throw this point too. How great is he? To be to need surgery, I mean, he needed. If he needed it now, he needed it last week too. To need surgery on your neck, but still play 82 snaps, and I don't remember really a problem from him in that game. And you know, Miles Garrett wasn't even sniffing that side of the field because he didn't have to. I mean, but still, he didn't have any issues. He played 82 snaps. He didn't feel good after the game at all. Like you could tell, I saw him actually walking slower than usual because Tyron's got that slow glide walk, anyways. But slower than usual. But he, like, just to be able to play at that level and need neck surgery, it's amazing. I mean, he 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 is by far. I mean, he could never play another snap, and he'll be in the Ring of Honor and and Hall of Fame. I think. I think Hall of Fame. As a person who battled neck issues for a long time and then ultimately had to have neck surgery, I can tell you it is the worst existence. Not possible, but it sucks. Because sleeping at night, which is the time you really need to recharge, that's a luxury when you got neck issues. And so if he's been dealing with this for years, my hat's off to him. And by the way, he's on top of that going out and getting into a car wreck every weekend, basically. Yeah. Every, that that I respect. Every minute. I respect. Yeah. Not just, right. not just every weekend, every minute. I, right. I herni I mean I I herniated a disc in my back like three years ago, and anybody that knows me knows that I'd still whine about it. Like <laughs> like bending over to pick stuff up sucks. And he played he played football with that for months. For for months during a several year stretch, the man went out there with that. And had people, you know, yeah, getting into a car wreck every week. I, I mean, he's the he's the toughest mf'er I've ever spent time around in my life for yeah. sure. So the the moral to this story is he is a bad dude, and and we all respect what he's done and hope. As you started this conversation with Nick, hope that this means mm-hmm. that he has first of all that he has a better quality of life than what he's been experienced these last few years. But on top of that, hopefully it means he can come back and he can continue his career and he can play well for the remainder of his career because he is an outstanding player and a really tough player. Seven straight Pro Bowls. Yep. It's going to snap. Yep. 
gonna you know it's gonna end obviously. All right, uh, this game. Let's jump into it. Let's talk Cowboys versus Giants. Let's start first with the Giant offense versus the Dallas defense. How concerned are you about Daniel Jones and his ability to scramble? Last year, he I mean last week, uh, he was uh, tied for most rushing yards on their team. I think with forty five. Um, he is throughout his career. He's been a guy that certainly can get out of the pocket, and he can he can make you pay a little bit. How concerned are you that about that with this particular defense? Let's start first with you, Amber. Look, last <laughs> week I was convinced. I was convinced that the Cowboys were gonna have a great game. I had my hopes up. I believed. I I thought, man, this is gonna be the games where the defense is able to kind of start turning things around and play a little bit better. That obviously didn't happen. It was actually worse than what we've been seeing. So this weekend, regardless of them playing the Giants and the Giants offense being absolutely terrible, I am worried about every aspect of the of the game. Doesn't matter that it's the Giants. I do not trust the Cowboys defense, even though I still believe that they're gonna hopefully play better this weekend they should otherwise i'm just gonna like i'll give up talking about the defense but uh right now any little thing so his scrambling yes that's gonna be a problem (laughs) the cowboys defense has had an issue with stopping the running game and trying to attack the pocket get in there and attack the quarterback so Anything that they do, any little thing like that, any little scramble, yes, the Cowboys are going to have to scramble behind him and go after him. So, yeah, it's going to be a problem. All right, Dave. You know what really bums me out about Daniel Jones? I mean, yeah, like he's going to be able to extend some plays and they're going to have to account for that. Probably pick up a first down or two that you would prefer he not. But what bums me out about Daniel Jones is – scouting report on him at this point in his career is that he's good for a handful of really dumb decisions per game like you know he doesn't have a lot of talent around him he's athletic enough to extend plays and he's going to try to force some things because he needs to and what bums me out is that I just don't trust the Cowboys to take advantage of that Mm. like why should we have faith that they will like they don't get takeaways they haven't this season they haven't in seasons past you know, we saw a lot out of Trayvon Diggs in training camp uh, in terms of ball skills. That hasn't translated to the season to this point, at least not as well as you would prefer. You know, I think he's had two drop picks. Um, so it just sucks to think that he's probably going to give you those opportunities, and I just don't trust the Cowboys to take advantage of them. Yeah, nobody that's playing in the game has an exception for the Cowboys, right? I think Chiefs is the only one. Uh, and, of course, uh, Trayvon Diggs did force that fumble, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that that he, I think the Cowboys will get some turnovers in this game. I think that they they will. Um, this will be their their best defensive performance of the game. I mean, the season, but um, you know, I, I I just not really as concerned about this one at all. I mean, I'm not. I just I don't think. I, I heard you know I was told today on the radio. 105.3 that, that the Giants their uh, Vegas is saying that their point total will be what 21 and that's a, over under yeah. over under I, 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 that shocks me they're not getting 21 points on the Cowboys they're not so I'm, I, I just think this is gonna this is not gonna be an, a close game I really don't why are you so sure about that I just think the Giants are terrible like terrible I really do I think but, I think I think that they're terrible and I know what you're about to say I mean, but I, I don't, I don't, they don't do anything really well. And the Cowboys do one thing really well. I think we'll see that. I think it's just going to be a fight about who gets punched in the face first. And I think the Cowboys will, will this game, they'll do it. And if you do that to the Giants with the way their offense is set up, I think I, I, all I'm saying is the Cowboys are going to strike first. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir. You have no idea. What just to is. make sure you were going to. Do oh. really well is score right. They score. They score on offense. They yeah. I mean they, they score. Okay. They they throw the ball. They pass around. And I know that both tackles are out, but I think that they'll still do that. I think they'll strike on the on the Giants first, and then I think that'll force Daniel Jones and them to kind of uh, have to force them back in the game. And I don't think they will. I, I think the Cowboys win this one probably by three touchdowns. Hmm. All right. Let me throw this at you. The right now, um, you got. Jay- Garrett coming back to town. Obviously, the V 
advantage of a guy like Jason, who's been here for so long, is that uh, he doesn't know the scheme necessarily. He's not a part of the coaching meetings, and all a lot of that stuff changes. But what he does know really well is the personnel. If you were Jason Garrett and you were coming back to play the Cowboys, what particular player or position do you think you would be looking at to say, that's the guy we need to exploit? Oh, Waldo. Yeah. Who is the guy that you're looking at right now saying, this is the guy we're going to go and exploit this week because we know that we can get him in, in these situations and we know that we can take advantage of him? Let's start with you. Same answer as last week, and it will be the same answer. I'm looking at 5-4 every shot I get if I'm the opponent. He is the the linchpin of the defense He in the run defense as well as in coverage. you got a super athletic tight end. I don't think mm-hmm. the Cowboys are crazy enough to try to cover Evan Ingram with Jalen Smith, but you should be able to take advantage of the space in the middle of the field and try him in the run. See if he's up to it. Nobody was last week, and until otherwise, until proven otherwise, I think of Jalen Smith as like Nick. Um, I didn't hear that last thing that Dave just Not said, either. but um, but yeah, like- somebody somebody called me while I was in the middle of making my point. Thank you, State Farm Auto Insurance. Appreciate you. <laughs> that uh, means you need to change Jay- airplane mode, Jalen. Smith is the guy that. I'm looking at. Sorry. Oh, man. I You know, I last week it was Trayvon Diggs, and I I don't really know if it, if it matters. I mean, it's just whoever the Giants' best best matchup is because there's not one guy that, that does things exceptionally well right now. So I think it's just wherever the matchup goes. You know, I thought on hanging with the boys this week, Nate Newton had a great point. He said Eric Olstra knows, knows exactly what uh, LeBron is and you can't stop him you know so sometimes just knowing personnel doesn't always mean that you can stop him at, you know, it, what, why it, are you wincing at me no like that? that makes sense when you're talking about lebron james they don't have any lebron james on this defense so no they don't i don't i don't know that there are guys on this team you're like on Rick this defense <laughs> that have shown, wow <laughs> that that have shown that if you not like i know how to get that guy i'm gonna take him out of this game that you all of a sudden you can't do it because he's just too Good. But we haven't seen that play. They don't have any LeBron James on their side of the ball either. Maybe not. Not. Bad example. Sorry. <laughs> I was told this week sometimes my analogies are bad. That maybe that was a well, bad if you one. flip the coin and you talked about the Cowboys offense versus the Giants defense, maybe that's the that's a, a good analogy. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Amber, what do you think? <laughs> I got nothing from from Nick's comment. Like I don't even know what you said. What was your point? Everybody is Waldo. You sound like me now. You're supposed to sound better than me when, I, when you speak. Look. <laughs> but, Look. Oh, Go ahead, Amber. Look. No, I, I honestly, I have not been watching the Giants play this this year. I've seen some little highlights here and there. But overall, I don't. I, I would assume that Jason Garrett is still the same Jason Garrett we've known for the past what, 10 years? So with the way that the Cowboys defense is playing, uh, I think that there's nothing that scares me. I, if I'm the opponent, there's no no area that scares me from the Cowboys defense other than Alden and Smith. Other than that, nobody else. So I think you just pick and, and choose your your battle depending on the best player that you got on your offense and, and the area that you as an offense would rather try to exploit. Well, I will say this. The one thing that I think we learned from Jason Garrett during his time here is the whole concept of the nameless, faceless opponent. And if that's the case and they're not really looking for matchups to exploit, then that helps the Cowboys, I think. But I agree with you, Dave. If there were one player, if there was one player and and Jason was willing to have his offense kind of geared toward taking advantage of one player, I think he would probably look at it and even say, like, I know what teams did to us, and we can go back through a number of teams that tried and created opportunities for themselves to be able to isolate Jalen in, in coverage. And when they did that, a lot of times they were successful. And so I do look at that matchup, and, I, and, and that actually matches up with the one area, like Dave said, that's the one area that the Giants offense actually have some some a pretty good player like Evan Ingram is a good tight end Mm -hmm. and he's a very athletic tight end so 
if I'm the Giants and if I'm Jason Garrett, I'm going to this game thinking, how can I create opportunities to isolate Jason Jalen where he's going to have to cover him and then try to take advantage of that matchup because I think that is their best matchup, uh, the, the Giants offense versus the Cowboys defense. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to flip and talk a little bit about the Giants defense versus the Cowboys offense before we end the show and get predictions. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. We're launching a search for one extraordinary Cowboys fan who is a positive influence. You're out. (laughs) And inspires others through their love of the game. This is for the NFL Fan of the Year contest. Visit NFL.com slash Fan of the Year now to learn more and nominate today. Miss Price. Miss Price. That is a good one. That's a very good one. I actually miss seeing Miss Price. Like every game, home game. I would walk down on the sideline. I'd run into Miss Price because she was always there. Now, uh, it, what? He wants to bring you to the studio. <laughs> sure, why not? Let's see if Miss Price is available. Not, no, we can't bring her in here. No, we no. can't do that. But no, I, I can't get them that. in here. Baby! <laughs> hey, baby. Hey, I, I'm with you. I always like seeing her if the Cowboys won. If they didn't win, then it was kind of because she was sad and all that. She but, still was Miss Price. Win uh, or lose, she still was Miss Price. She could be here without the microphone and you would hear her. Yes. She's, absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's get back into it. Absolutely. Let's uh, let's or finish join up. The, join the virtual call. Get her, oh, put her on? Her yeah, computer. we could. We could always get. Well, I don't know. We got to see if somebody's at her. House that can help her get on. I'm not sure she'll be able to get that technology, but we'll we could try it. You're just stereotyping. How do you know? I I, I just know dealing with my mom. Like sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge. So right. Miss Price can get it done. All right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, um, let's talk about this Giants defense versus the Cowboys offense. Um, I, when you look at the and I asked Bucky a lot about this earlier this week. You look at the teams that the Cowboys have played. Obviously, they've been really good offensively, statistically. But the one game when they were not was against the Rams. That defense, uh, I think, is ranked like 10th or 8th, somewhere in there in pass defense. This is the first time since then that the Cowboys will be facing a pass defense that is statistically ranked that high. Um, how much do you guys think that the, the, val- the, the, the success that we've seen from the Cowboys offense in a lot of ways is about the defenses that they've played and, and the defense that they did play that was much better they only scored 17 points. Yeah. Now they're entering a game. How much do you where, where that's the same case? How much do you think that that may be what plays out here? Let's start first with you. Yeah, Nick. That's a good point. I mean, uh, in the 
the Rams obviously have one or two really good players. You know, and I've made this point. You know that the Cowboys every game they face, they face somebody on the other side of the ball that's that you arguably the best at their position in every game that they face. And the Rams defense had two of them with Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys don't really have that unless you say the best guard, but guards aren't game changing really. But uh, I think I think you're making a good point, but I don't. I don't think I think it's still early in the season. I think sample size is still low for that for rankings. I I don't see that the Giants are going to be the team that the Cowboys can't move the ball and I bet you the Cowboys will will hurt the Giants ranking this week. You know, the interesting part about that before I get to Dave and Amber is if you look at that game last week that the Giants and the Rams played it was, in my opinion, somewhat similar, similar to what you yeah. saw Cowboys-Rams. And, and that's what started making me think maybe that's a little bit more of what you can expect this weekend. Now, I think the Cowboys' offense is superior than the Gi- to the Giants' offense. But I do think it's a similar kind of matchup where you might see something a little bit different. Let's go to you, Amber. What do you think? I I hope that's not right as far as I mean I know the statistics are statistics but like Nick said I I hope that we're not just creating this vision of what the Cowboys offense might be based on this first month of the game because then that's basically you're basically telling me that this offense might be worse than what we thought because if they're they faced worst defenses uh, uh, passing defenses why has it taken them so long to to get the ball moving and, and start connecting why until the the last quarter of the game basically to to start moving everything so i i would hope that that's not fully the case and that there's a lot more and, and i know the game cannot purely be judged based on statistics but um, if that's the case, then crap, you made me more concerned now. <laughs> you know, I, I will throw this out, though, Amber. Early in the games, that's typically when the turnovers have been happening. So I do think that's a part of it, why, why this offense has not gotten off to some of those faster starts that you want them to get off to. But, but again, I still think that, you know, you look at this offense overall, they have not played great defenses, except for one. Or, and that's not even a great defense. That's a good defense. We'll get to see this weekend. Dave, what do you think? I respect the question, but respectfully, I I don't give a damn about this sample size. It's four games. Game one, game one was against Ben Roethlisberger, who was coming off a full year layoff when he had surgery on his arm. Game two was, I believe, uh, Trubisky, which we know how that's going for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Week three was Nick, Nick Mullins, who threw for 350, by the way. Yeah, he lit it up. And then, uh, yeah, and then last week, you know, Jared Goff, yeah, he had a pedestrian day, so what? I don't care. Uh, I think Dak will be fine. If Dak's not fine, it's because they he, they can't keep him clean. Like, if they can keep him relatively clean, three sacks or less, uh, he'll be absolutely fine. I'm not worried about it at all. To the tune of, do you think it'll be closer to what we've seen the final three games, the weeks two, three, and four, oh, or closer hope, to what you saw week hope, one? Yeah. Hopefully... Hopefully not. Like you should, you should not be throwing for 400 yards unless you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole. Yeah. Or it's just like an all all time shootout, like the Romo game. Yeah. Um, I mean, ho- hopefully, hopefully it's not like that. But I mean, yeah, he'll somewhere between 275 and three. 330 something like that it's funny how he's he's you know statistically the best in the in the nfl right now and he doesn't have a 300 yard passing game after four games yeah they're all in the fours fours are the twos but he doesn't have a three you know which has always been like the the standard of that but i'll say this i think the cowboys offense even though it's four games i think they figured things out way better than the rams game i mean i think Hmm. that they they've understood how this offense works they understand what cd is able to do they understand what the tight end can help them you know you know jarwin got hurt in that game and schultz was trying to figure his way out schultz is showing you know to be a little bit better uh or a lot better since then so i just think that the offense has has really developed and it's had to because they've been on the field for so long but I, I think that they're a different offense than, than they were playing against the Rams. 
All right, let's flip over, and I want to talk a little bit about special teams here. Earlier this week, uh, John Fossil had a comment about Tony Pollard. Uh, last week, he had another miscue, um, if you want yeah. to call it that. There was a, a ball he thought was going to come into the end zone. He was going to you know, basically just kind of fair catch it, but um, he let it go, and it actually bounces in the field of play, and he's got to run and go grab it and, and try to return it. And Fossil's comment was he misread it. It's unfortunate because it was, uh, it was the ball – uh, that we were looking for with the return that we called. We're aware that can't happen. Um, he's had some other miscues this season, particularly in, in kick return situations. Do you think it's time for the Cowboys to look at a different option yes. for their kick returner, Nick? No, a different option for him, LASIK. <laughs> Seriously, he dropped that ball against Seattle. He dropped that ball in in the game. That was a big play in that in that um, in the game last week. Uh, you know, he had wide open space and Dak threw the ball in the flat. And then, of course, he miss. How do you misread that that ball like that? I mean, honestly, I'm not trying to joke around, but it could be it could be a situation for that. Like maybe he he needs to get his eyes checked. And I'm not. I think he's I think he's a good young player. I think he's going to be good. But I mean, those are three like elementary style plays that yeah. he hasn't made and maybe that is an issue I mean because if you if you look at the ball in the kickoff and you think it's going to go into the end zone and it stops at like the eight that's a pretty big difference of not not being able to judge the ball Amber I'm not trying to be ignorant here but whatever I'm gonna I'm still gonna ask the question why is it so hard to find a kick returner that can actually do well like the Cowboys this has been an area where the Cowboys have been struggling for several years why is it so complicated to find someone that can freaking make it work and I'm being serious I I don't understand it's especially frustrating because kick returns are are almost obsolete like they don't they're not really a big factor in the modern NFL so the fact that you can't figure out how to make it work better than they have. It's it's unbelievable. And not to jump in on AG, but yes, I I would give the job to Cedric Wilson. I love Tony Pollard, but I mean, you're talking about like dozens and dozens of yards of field position that you've compromised. It gets lost because last week was such a dumpster fire, but Cedric made such a great play on that one punt that yep. bounced and he yes. snatched it right off the bounce. He got six yards and got out of bounds. Like, that's the epitome of hidden yardage. Yep. As soon as he made that play, I was like, give him the kick returner job. Like, I trust his hands. I trust him to make it work. Like, Cedric Wilson would be A-OK with me. Yeah. I think that's a very astute point. I, I thought the same thing during the game, that, that that was a good – that's understanding and having awareness on special teams as a returner, and which CD, I don't know that they necessarily have with Pollard CD right did the same thing later, but then he kind of went backwards. Yeah. You know – Dave makes a good point. I know we got to make picks here, but Dave, Dave makes a good point about usually the kick, kick return is, is a part of the game that's been lost. I wonder, after the Patriots game, of what happened last year and seeing all the kickoffs, and Tony Pollard was a big part of that, that maybe teams aren't deciding, you know what, let's do that pooch kick that goes to the five-yard line or whatever, and let's try to pin them down there. A, you can, you know, maybe Pollard doesn't make the right decision. B, they can have a block in the back. There's 40% of all kickoff returns have blocks in the back. And so you could be starting at the seven or eight yard line. So I think the teams are maybe mm-hmm. going and purposely doing that, not just giving Dak the ball to 25. Let's kick this thing up. We don't think Pollard will go to the house. We think there's a better shot. They'll start inside their 10, and that's happening. And this will be the week when Tony Pollard takes it to the house. That'll be how it goes. Hey, Rico Dowdle. <laughs> Do it. I like Cedric Wilson, but what about Rico Dowdle? Yeah, he's a running maybe. back. He's a big you know, he's kind of a thick guy. I mean, I, I, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see running backs in that because they have too. the vision for the holes and stuff like that. But um, somebody, I think it's time to make a change there. I really do. All right. Let's go ahead and get a, uh, some picks here before we end the show. Uh, Amber, we're going to start with you today. Tell us what's going to happen in this game. Final score. Well, uh, if the Cowboys were playing another opponent, I would pick the other opponent because the Cowboys don't deserve my trust right now and, and, my, and my faith and, and my happiness. But um, because it is the Giants, I, I, I don't. The Giants aren't even, aren't even worse. So I think the Cowboys do find a way to win. I do think that their numbers statistically as far as the passing game is not going to look as good as we've been seeing in the past few games. I think that the Cowboys 
regardless of the O-line issues, I think the running game is going to be able to to get kicking this time and get going. So Zeke, I, I do see him having a better game in the Cowboys. It's just going to come down to which team scores the most points. So it's it's going to be a game between offense, which offense can score the most. And that's for sure in my mind right now can be the Cowboys. And final score, I think it might be like 20... Uh, 14, something like that. 2014. All right, Dave. The Giants are terrible, but, like, we're not talking about, you know, they're not that, I don't think they're, like, 0-16 terrible. Like, they're not, like, a wheels-off dumpster fire. I think they're a respect, respectable kind of terrible. They've, I mean, they've been in every game that they've played. You know, the, the 49ers blew them out on the scoreboard, but that game was close until midway through the, you know, early fourth quarter, midway through the third. So I just, I expect to hate this game. I expect this to be a very frustrating I mean, the Cowboys are going to continue to be sloppy, in my opinion, until they get some of these injuries taken care of. Um, but the Giants, I mean, the Giants offense can't keep up with them. I don't think that's uh, realistic, but... I see, you know, I see Dak getting sacked a couple times, installing some drives. Maybe they have to settle for some field goals that they don't want to. Uh, so I think it's going to be frustrating, but I'm thinking like a 30, 30 to 21 win that just nobody feels happy about. All right, Nick. No, I, I, I disagree with that, I, um, with those, both those picks. I think the Cowboys will, will blow them out. I think uh, my prediction is that I'll get three text messages from people that say, why can't they just do this every game? Which the answer is, is the Giants aren't on the schedule every week. I, don't, I think the offense is clicking to a point where they are going to be too strong for the Giants to, to keep up with defensively. Of course, offense will be trying. It'll make the, the Cowboys defense look as, as good as it's been, which isn't really that hard to do. Um, you know, I just think the Cowboys win this one handily. I think they win by uh, 21. I'm going to say 34-13. Alright. Um, actually, um, I'm a little torn on this game just because the more I think about it, the more I'm the more I think that this uh, this Giants defense is a little bit better than everybody's giving them credit for. I think, uh, and I do think that the way that the style of play of way that they will try to play the Cowboys will make it to where the Cowboys don't have an opportunity to just go all in. I don't think, you know, if the Cowboys are in a closer game, they're probably not putting up all the yards and the points that they've put up in these other weeks either. Um, and so I, I think it's going to be a game that's more similar to what we saw the week one. I do think the Cowboys win, though, and I think the Cowboys are the better team. So I think they'll get some. I think they'll get more point production than what they got against the Rams. But I still think it'll be a relatively lower scoring game compared to the games that they've played uh, in weeks two, three, and four. I think the Cowboys get the win, but I think it is a 24-16 win. Uh, that is that's actually pretty non-eventful, if that's a good way to put it. After you've been through all these other weeks of these big high-flying plays, I think it's going to feel more like that week one game where it just kind of plods along. Cowboys will do some things well. They'll do some things not so well. The Giants will play a little bit better offensively than they've played in the past because this Cowboys defense will give them opportunities to do that. And again, I think Cowboys win 24-16. All right, we appreciate you joining us. We're back on Monday. We'll tell you what went right and what went wrong. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. Hook them. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,